going on down there. Candid candor. That's what we're going for. Candid candor. Oh, feel a little bit in trouble. Yeah, it's real casual, real laid back. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm getting my recording stuff set up. That's what I always tell them. And then I say, oh, so welcome to the show. At which point they usually will pause and chuckle. And I'll say, hey, listeners, you're listening to WTFW. It's an odd number episode, and I'm getting weird with it. I actually recorded a little bit with Aaron a couple days ago. I'm saying a couple days ago. It was actually possibly a week ago. Uh, just our, our attempt to get a TFCon debrief out of our heads before all of our knowledge of it disappeared from our heads. But then I was like, you know, you know, you, the listeners, let me just crack this open, deserve better than just having, like, half the even team for an odd-numbered episode, so I wanted to bring in a ringer, and since me and Aaron were busy with activities and panels and things for a lot of the the convention, uh, I thought, why not bring in someone else who was also extremely busy for most of the convention and barely saw uh, any panels himself. So I'm joined by uh, Matt McNally. You might know him as uh, occasionally TF Con's own Chris McFeely. God. Story behind that one is that someone literally walked up to Matt McNally after a panel he did and said, hey, are you Chris McFeely? Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. And this is, by the way, for everyone who wasn't privy to that panel, that this was after me recommending McFeely's videos. And sp- yes. spoke about him in the third person. Yes. Uh, to which I, I guess someone thought, wow, what a, what a humble gentleman this Chris McFeely is. <laughs> uh, leaving out the part where Matt clearly has a Welsh accent, and Chris McFeely does not. He does not, no. No. Uh, he's got more of that, whatever you call it, that 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 uh, that dairy kiss uh, to to his uh, verbiage. But Matt, uh, it's it's. I mean, I've talked to you many many times, but welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you, thank you for having me. So, TFCon, you've been to a few of those. I've been going since 2012. Yeah, that's a seven years. Yeah, just to throw Thanks. a number at you. Well, at a you had to do the you know the hand digits for me because I wow wow seven years that went quick <laughs> oh boy don't worry I lost eleven but uh, you one thing that you've been doing at TFCon that I really want to highlight is that uh, you've been doing some fan run panels which is something that I think really picked up this year in general. Yes, yes. Um, I've been doing fan run panels since uh, 2016, so this would be my... Was it 2016? Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> I, no, no, I'm asking myself. Cause they all, I, I'm, they I'm all tr- mush together. They do. Oh, wow. Um, I think it yeah. was 2016. Yeah, it was... Uh, I know it was the Frank Welker year. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing fan run panels since uh, 2016, and I've been slowly and steadily increasing the number of panels um, as I'm going along when I feel comfortable, and yeah, I've been doing it since then. And I haven't been told off, so that's a good thing. I take that as a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. Also, just for clarity, if you were at TFCon, you're wondering if it's the same guy. Matt also has hosted or co-hosted the third-party panel once or twice, uh, and uh, that's all that we can say. Exactly, yes. Um... 
because there's you know there's a lot of people involved in that panel and and if if you're ever going to find out about that panel uh matt will tell you maybe at a panel someday the third party panel panel yeah that's <laughs> i i it, in all fairness people want to go to that by all means and um i wouldn't be hosting it Oh, it would be fun though. It would be fun though. You know, how you know, hey, this is a panel about how panels are made. Which is a little too yeah. I think it is something that's worth talking about though, because like you know, obviously yeah. it's like I've I've been doing panels for a couple of years. Uh you've been doing panels for a couple of years. Obviously, uh Ninjatron has been doing uh his panel for a couple of years, Proto Man's done a couple of panels. Um hmm. this year we also had uh, had our our own, uh our 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 shared our shared boy. Uh, Mike, uh, oh, General Techno, Mike. yeah, uh, who did his Beast Machines panel? Um, yes, yes, he has. And uh, there's also, you know, uh, Lee's been taking over. Uh, Le- I would say Lee Jazz, Lee Jazz, Lee has been oh. taking over a lot of the cosplay panel stuff. Yep. Um, she's been hosting the cosplay contest now for since uh, 2017, I believe. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of things that I would call a fan controlled, fan run panel that is not like also a guest or staff. Uh, yes. Which I think is a highly valuable asset to TFCon for uh, the folks who are going there, because eventually, uh, I know this because I, I always bring up how how embarrassed I am at how little I get out of like Q and A panels anymore. Um, and when you go to enough conventions in a row, like those do start to to wear off a little bit. Uh, by by, it's no one's fault. It's just you start to have heard every story. I do realize that with certain conventions, people have to travel. You. You know, you get the you know you don't get to go to them that often. So, yeah. hearing Q and A's and stuff is usually really fun. But I think we are spoiled, um, yourself and myself specifically, actually, because we're um, we we live not far from the venue. Uh, yes, hundred percent. Like we, I can bus there. You 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 can drive there. Mm. Um, so yeah, we are. We are spoiled by that. I, I myself am highly spoiled by having gone to BotCon since 2000, and, yeah, and getting too. getting to hear a lot of these anecdotes. Like, like my what I always say is like I, I stopped going to a lot of them just because I'm like that that seat is better used by someone who's at one of their first conventions. Um, but hmm. uh, fan run panels, uh, I, I think I just I, I'm so happy that we had so many more of them. And uh, Matt, I want to talk to you a little bit about a. I want to talk to you a bit about how yours went. But before we do, just so everyone. Uh, doesn't ask were you able to make it to any other panels other than your own ones right i was i will admit um i was doing a lot this year in regards to other stuff so uh <laughs> as much as i wanted to be at a lot of the panels because they were i uh, obviously some friends doing them wanted to be supportive i was around for the script reading which is always always fun and the auditions for the script reading and i think Wow, no, I didn't even... No, yeah, I, I know that I'm thinking about it. I didn't actually catch anyone else's panel. Don't worry, the same thing happened to me. Uh, in my case, it was also getting... Uh, like, I did one of the, the TCG tournaments, which took... Actually, no, you were there for that, so we both were in a room for three and a half hours. Uh, yeah, I, I, Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then the next day, I, I went to talk to the Commandroids folks and ended up talking to them for most of the afternoon. It, it was fun. Uh, it was not a bad thing whatsoever, but uh, it did mean I wasn't able to catch a lot of the Sunday panels. So, 
Uh, I was also, actually, I think you caught more of the script reading than I did, because I came in while you were still there working away on the laptop that was doing really weird stuff, like not letting you save something, even though it was still a usable PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, um, the weird thing with the script reading as well, for, um, from what I remember with the script reading, I think... I'm trying to remember if it was the script reading, or I did catch a Q&A with a, with a... I think it was... One of the writers, I can't remember which writer, but I remember I caught a Q&A with the writer because I was working on the wanted posters, actually, for your um, for the tournament you, uh, you Aaron, and uh, Ryan were in. Oh, yeah. That was, was that Ron Friedman? Yes, yes, that, that, was, that was him, yes. Yeah, I caught the beginning of his, um, I think because of, a, because of the fact that we did bump into each other and you wanted to take that photo. Uh, and yes. I, I, liked his, I liked his panel intro. It was, it was very well rehearsed. Just a bit, but he got the crowd going, so I will give the man credit. Yeah, no, I mean, when I say well rehearsed, like that's not a dig. It's like that's oh no no that's I that's yeah, a it's... that's a way that someone can also just like deal with getting a panel going. It's like I got like a, I got a three minute bit I can just start saying uh, to get everyone locked in. Oh yeah, um, it's much better to hit the ground running instead of awkward pauses and silences, which yeah, those are never fun to get through. Yeah. So uh, outside of the third party panel, uh, the the panel that I was on with you was that uh, new one you did this year, which was right after the script reading, where we did the uh, defend your favorite Transformers series. That panel I thought went pretty well. How how were you feeling in the lead up to it, especially with people like me not getting you their notes until the last minute? And uh, did you feel all right with how it went? Um, honestly, I think it went really well. I'm um, I'm really happy how well it turned out actually uh so yeah just for the ones to know we did a panel called uh, and the best transformers series is yeah you know dot 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 question marks so it's um i say contestants because we weren't panelists everyone was a contestant and eight minutes and eight slides to defend and argue why their chosen show is the best transformers show uh, what we ended up doing as well to add to it was we allowed a little bit of uh, audience banter and banter from ourselves as well back and forth to make things you know really enjoyable you know get the community going you know, make, make. it's a presentation but it's still a discussion and um, this all started as a an idea that a few of us had come up with and uh, once everyone had started talking the ball started rolling and. Yeah, it just evolved into this fun little borderline game show rant fest at each other. <laughs> With a proper stopwatch for the eight minutes, eight slides setup, and everyone, yes. every single one of us thinking that we were talking more slowly than we actually were. I thought it was just me, but then as the thing went on, like, no, we all actually tended to end with a little bit of time left over. Yeah, I think the only person to land exactly on eight minutes was Stephanie. Yeah. The rest of us were like, oh, how long, how long have we got? Oh, we're only halfway through our time. And I'm almost finished. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there. By the way, there will be a really nice copy of that panel going up on YouTube once I put all the bits together. Because I, I secured all the parts uh, oh. needed to put that together. So we're going to have a nice copy of that if you want to check out and see which Transformer series was in fact the best series scientifically decided by a panel of experts. Uh, which is not the pitch. You just heard the pitch, but I'm just, you know, filling in some of the uh, the nouns with, with more spicy ones. Um, 
But that was a lot of fun, and and, uh, and I thanked you before, but I'll thank you in recording. To th- thank you for letting me participate in that. It's um, official now. It's official now, people. Yeah, he thanked someone. Uh, <laughs> but other than that panel, like, that Saturday, for you, I, I, I believe, was extremely busy, because, like, I, I mean, it's no secret, like, as part of hosting the third-party panel, you were also, you know, you had a hand in setting up some of the stuff in the cabinets. Um, that that kept you pretty busy. I will admit, um, the cabinet stuff was mostly Friday night. So. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, what I was busy with on Saturday mostly was I was helping uh, with a couple other people as well. <laughs> when I say helping, I mean I was helping. I wasn't the main person doing this. Mm. Uh, I was helping with the TCG tournament uh, that was going on. Uh, I was back and forth, you know, helping host that, as well as oof, um, putting our a presentation together actually because I had to make a master slideshow out of five different presentations and a certain someone oh, cough 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 um, maybe gave it to me his uh, five minutes before the uh, we went on stage it couldn't have been me even though I alluded to that about like ten minutes ago but uh, oh, no, I'll, I'll... It, it, won't, it won't be you I, I am pretty sure everyone will figure out who it was yeah yeah but whoever that you know unprofessional uh, braggart was uh, the thing that was unforeseen that I think that still kind of surprised me it's not that it crashed your your software it's that your software was no I'm fine showing this power, this, this presentation you just can't save it ever. Right, I found out what was going on with that, which leads into when we talk about my other panel that yeah. I ended up doing, which was a bit of a train wreck. And it wasn't a train wreck in regards to how the panel went, it was just how I wanted it to go. Because um, what I had discovered is after the fact, well, the next morning, after I realized I was having trouble saving to my laptop, I have, my hard drive is completely shot. And oh, no. a lot of my data had in the folder about trying to save the power button. Oh! Um, tried to, I even tried to recover it, and I couldn't. Now, my other panel, which is, this is where it gets really funny, is that my other panel was uh, detailed in the errors, which was meant to be a look at animation errors and what really consists as an animation error, what would cause it, why it would be so expensive and time-consuming to fix that back in the 80s. Now, sorry, I should preface this was saying that this was a uh, G1 seasons 1 and 2 orientated panel mainly doing the toy animation episodes because if we did Acom we'd be here for three weeks Yeah, and yeah my, all my I, I spent a lot of time researching I, I suppose we'll go into research a little later on but um, a good chunk of weeks worth went, went up in smoke went up in corruption and I had to very quickly make some placeholder cards. Uh, luckily, I handwrite all my notes before I type them. And yeah, I pretty much made a couple slides to be placeholders for me. I had to make it from scratch. I had to save the presentation then directly onto a USB stick. And I had to do an animation panel with no video clips. So Just some stills. <laughs> this this definitely leads into into the very I think fruitful discussion of when one does a panel usually it's good to assume something is going to go very wrong yes and that it's it's very good to be uh, comfortable uh, going off the script uh, as it were not off the script like during the panel necessarily but say you were going there with a week's worth of research that went up in a puff of data smoke uh, being able to adjust. <laughs> 
<laughs> very quickly and not just say cancel the panel. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a, a skill set that's very helpful because yeah, doing panels. I really uh, promote the idea of at least submitting panels, if not actually doing them. You know, depending which ones get get you know put on the schedule. But mm-hmm. um, like doing a panel, uh, when you submit one, you you I've talked about this a little bit, but I, uh, on on earlier podcasts. But a big part of submitting a panel is also like making it clear like what the panel's about and also. Uh, why you're able to do it and won't need any help from like convention staff, for instance, yes. uh, and why it won't be a very awkward, you know, 45 minutes of uh, of unpreparedness. And I, I think that like as you were saying, rec- like when you're doing a panel about a topic, like when you do the research. Now, I think you you do a lot of research for your topics. Yeah, and even if it's a topic you're very well versed in research, you you need to double check everything. You need to go through research absolutely everything and I don't mean like research hey I'll go look it up on the wiki which I do recommend still doing but it's like okay let's watch these episodes okay let's watch this content and you sit there with your notepad and you make those notes well for the animation centric ones but you know what I mean yeah like to some degree you want to have you want to you want to go in with a plan um that is based on something concrete in your case like I think it already is telling that, like, you know, because you have about a, a slightly less than a one-hour slot, you're fo- you, you drill it down a bit into something that is digestible, uh, <laughs> even something that, that, you know, can take, you know, a week or, week or three of time to prep for. Like, crushing it down to, we're going to look at Toei episodes from seasons one and two uh, makes it a lot... I think that, that saying that on the outset, for instance, would make doing such a panel, if someone was doing it for the first time, a whole lot uh, less daunting to look at because now you know where the front and back is you know the compartmentalized segment of data you're going to look at and present about exactly yes and it's we're all massive fans and we love to talk about this stuff and have conversations and engage in that dialogue you have to remember that it's only for a small length of time and people as much as we would like to talk about it for the entire day you you have to make sure that it's okay here is a general overview and if you are going to go in depth, make sure that type of depth is only for that topic and for that panel. Yeah. And trying to really, as you were saying, digestible segments, like go into areas. Like uh, when I first started doing panels, um, I the one I went for was the difference between Western and Japanese media in regards to Transformers, compl- um, comparing the differences and also explaining why the differences made such an impact or how this fills in holes in continuity in ways that we wouldn't normally get with different versions so uh, but what I would do is because I would know that it's a lot to take in I would actually limit each panel to only a decade and Mm. even then I wouldn't be going into too much depth I would be going into a general overview and explaining of oh well, here is the reasons for this, this, and this. And uh, yeah, limiting yourself really helps because then I could go into a lot more detail in that in that period than I could in if I wanted to do the entirety of that topic. Yeah, and and it's uh, this is a weird way to put it, but uh, not only is it helpful, like you say, oh, I want to do a panel about about just about just I'm going to do the Kiss Player panel, mm-hmm. like like that could take hours. Uh, even it even actually, something as digestible as Kiss Play. Yeah, yeah, it could, considering the content. You've got two 
use with the media. That is a lot to go through. Yeah, so if, if you were to say do the Kiss Player panel, the Kiss Player panel, I would almost immediately say, all right, why not call it a Kiss Play panel, and then you select something you think you could fill about 40 minutes with, and then assume that you're going to take, like, if you if you aim for 40 minutes, and you, that, usually that ends up ballooning to an hour, unless you talk extremely fast, like on that uh, that group contestant thing that we were doing. Because <laughs> uh, uh, also, it, it creates... I don't know how to put this any better. It creates sequel bait. It means that if you did a panel and it went over really well and you want to submit it again, you actually have a really a really nice selection of like um, uh, sequel topics to go into. So it's like instead of just saying, I'm going to do the Kiss Player panel again, I'm going to submit that all over again. It can be like, hey, that Kiss Play panel went really well. Now I'll submit Kiss Play, but this time it'll be about the audio dramas. And then I'll tell people, hey, if you missed the last one, there's a recording of it up wherever. Yeah, entirely. It's um, and actually that's the same thing I did with my differences. Because mm-hmm. in 2016 we did the 80s, 2017 we did the 90s, and then 2018 I did the 2000s. Yeah, uh, I haven't done the 2010s onwards yet because we are not really done. And let's be honest, at that point I think everyone's caught up. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, there's, there's also I think. Oddly enough, as you as you go through the 2010s, there's also a lot less media to to pick from uh, that that wasn't entirely shared with different vocal tracks. If I'm thinking correctly, yeah, you you're not too far off. There's only a couple of things. Yeah, very few things actually, and it's um and it's also the fact that a lot of people have access to that now. Yeah. Like, even if it's a little obscure, little ditty, like, everyone has an idea what it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can look that up really easily. So, and that's kind of a good thing of how things are today. We could still use, though, some comprehensive fan subs for the QT anime. I would love that, and that would be absolutely adorable. I'm just putting the call out there, because if you do it, then then Matt can do a panel on it uh, properly. Um, Yeah, and I could do it with uh, Transformers Go. Yeah. And also bring in some of the little fun tidbits. Really, it's you, the fan subbers not doing QT, who are holding this process back. So I'm not trying to blame you, but but make us what we want. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like, hey guys, hurry up. Yeah, but not in that, but but take your time. Because... Take your time. Just hurry up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's uh, so that that panel, the uh, the animation errors panel, it sounds like uh, classic classic panel experience. Everything went wrong. You had to scramble to to recover, and then it went fine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I still went through all the actual theory base that I had going on, uh, explained uh, all the you know the nitty gritty detailed stuff. The problem is um, having a forty to fifty minute panel based around video clips and analyzing video clips ended up only being half an hour of spoken content. So after we got to the end, I opened up the floor and started started the dialogue with everyone in the audience about different animation errors and what they found or what were some people's favorite animation errors and you know, just just to get a a good dialogue going and uh definitely it went really well. Uh, yeah. everyone really seemed to have some fun, so uh, again, that, I'm so sorry to anyone who did turn up to that panel expecting um, actual animation. I wanted that to be, and I do apologize. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a single person. 
in my limited experience, most people go to a panel expecting maybe some slides and a whole lot of talking is, is what I've come to realize. Like if it's not a panel that's, that's clearly, you know, meant to showcase product of some kind, hmm. uh, Generally, people see in my, from you know maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people generally see any kind of organized presentation as like a really happy surprise. I'm going off a little bit off my experience, like with panels outside of TFCon, like when you have sort of generic topic panels, and and a good number of times they just end up being there's four people sitting up front who, you know, I either talk about it a lot on social media or have a podcast or maybe one of them has a YouTube channel, and then it's like, all right, so who remembers? the transformers and you do some cheap pops with the crowd for like four and a half minutes and then it's just like really weird open dialogue uh, and then once the dust settles it's like okay and you've you've by that time and it well the you know everyone's in already into that group right and yeah you know everyone starts uh having a bit of a chat and it's a good time but uh, I was also I was also going to say, bouncing off of what you were just talking about, if if one is doing a panel, it's actually really great if your panel is tighter than the allotted time because that that sort of Q and A that that conversational uh, period, um, even if your audience isn't very large, it, it, I think it, generally audiences are real excited to just talk if they feel like they can just talk. Yes. Uh, even when yes, there's ball flowering, uh, it only takes one person going up and, the, and you clearly not yelling at them for talking that everyone will just want to start conversing. Like, even if you have, like, a, an audience of, like, eight, that's that could be a conversation with eight other people that everyone in the room feels good about afterwards. Exactly. And it's uh, what you'll tend to find is as well is when you would open it up to audience uh, conversation and audience questions, you, you'll find an angle that you didn't think of. Yeah, that they will come up with a different viewpoint, which will make you go, "Oh wow, I did not think of that," and it goes really it, it that you, and then that will usually give you some more feedback, as in like a different, not so much using the other person's idea, like using that way of thinking. But when you're constructing your next panel and you just take it as feedback and you go with it the best way, even though their comments may not be feedback, it's always like. You're constantly learning with doing fan run panels. You're constantly, essentially, evolving. Pardon. Okay, I got panelists go running to Digimon in my head now. Do forgive me, everyone. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah. Panelist evolves into. Yes, okay. But yes. <laughs> Panelist of, of notable longevity. <laughs> yes. Doesn't entirely stammer when he talks, because I'll, I'll admit, when I first started doing panels, I was very stammery i was very nervous i was very shaky but mm. uh now i'm i just go up and be like hey guys what's up you know just uh you, you get used to it yeah i mean i'm i'm a big proponent of public speaking as an exercise in helping one kind of overcome certain anxieties yes so i think there's also yes. that that's another big reason i love seeing people do fan run panels because it's like you're you're really putting yourself out there uh, and I've, I've done it enough times where I, I don't really think about it anymore, but like, you know, when, when we did the, 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 um, best transformer series is ellipses, uh, like there, there were folks up there who, who, as far as I know, hadn't really done a whole lot of that before. And, uh, there was um, like, there was nerves, but it was like positive. Like you could feel the nerves ebbing away. Yes. And it's, um, to my knowledge, the only person that had really done any kind of public speaking was Drake, who was, um, 
Um, uh, people may know him as Tevo Spinach. Really cool guy. Um, really great guy, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had done a bit of public speaking, but uh, I think there's a difference of public speaking and pu- public speaking with content. So there's a nice mix. Uh, he had done some uh, Stephanie, otherwise known as Majestic Maggi. She hadn't done much, to my knowledge, of public speaking, but um, she she owned it, did really well, and uh, so did our uh, our boy, you know, Mike Ivy. Um, oh, we we gave him a warm up before his Beast Machines panel, basically. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was very shaky to start, but then once he got going, he was great. And yeah, I, I think everyone really, like, obviously, yourself and, and I, we've been doing it for we've been doing it for a fair bit now, so we're kind of you know we're all right with it. But it's nice to see other people start at it and then just instantly start powering it so just to, to kind of like bring us full circle here uh while you were you know busy doing all of this stuff were you able to like pick up anything for yourself from the show floor i think i managed to get in the 20 minutes before my animation panel and then before the dealer room closed, I got in another 20 minutes, which is Ooh. good because I didn't get to spend as much money as I normally would have. But yeah, I, um, hmm, what did I buy? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, well, I did pick up something at the convention, even though I didn't technically buy it from a dealer, it was from a friend. I managed to pick up because, as, as you know, I'm a big Tokusatsu fan. Um, I picked up a, um, uh, complete selection modification lost driver yes. from a friend of mine, and also a complete selection modification bang memory. So I was rather very, very happy with those. I did something very, very funny. Uh, I say funny, not afterwards. I um, I occasionally tried to track down BotCon exclusives because I never went to BotCon. Yeah. Um, when I was actually in a financial situation to do so, uh, BotCon had ended. <laughs> so um, just my luck. So I uh, seen a uh, a botcon um, Knights and Pirates uh, Flame War, not not Flame War. Sorry, see this is this is the issue. This, I, I know how this one ends. Yeah, yeah. So I managed to I keep, uh, managed to you know discuss a good price with the dealer. You know, got everything else. The guy that was a great seller. He's you know one one not one of the locals, but he like he's normally at the shows, and I got it really really happy everything else. And then I realized that, no, I hadn't picked up Flame War previously. I'd actually picked up Flare-Ups, so I ended up with two Flare-Ups. Yay! So, um, yeah, the, that, 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 by the way, people, if you're ever after stuff, please make lists, because it, <laughs> it, it, this will happen. But luckily, I do have a friend who is very kindly taking her off me, so that is very nice. Excellent. That's a happy ending. Uh, yes. I thought this was the lead-in for this, the whole, like, you know, sometimes I do terrible things lead-in. I thought it was going to be about, you know, that what that horrible stuff you were doing to, to Vince's Springer toy in the lobby, not folding the head away. But uh, I, I assume you're still quite guiltless and gleeful about that, that uh, monstrous act you were committing to that poor figure. It, in all fairness, he just really needed to be where the people are, and he needed to be part of their world, and he can't do that with his head being put away. It's a helicopter. It's not supposed to be a head sticking out the front of a helicopter. He just needed to be free. Oh. Why do you keep have to be keep putting him down, Chris? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it's a complete <laughs> monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> For the people who aren't aware, I suppose, this was due to us being rather exhausted in the lobby of the hotel, slightly liquored up at around 3 a.m. Sorry, there's a phone going off. Which is weird. Yeah, considering I'm in the hotel room. Give me, give me one moment. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, turns out there was another Matt who was um, kept coming back and forth trying to find a missing iPod or an iPhone, and uh, apparently they were they thought it was me. Oh well, congratulations on the new iPhone. Well, uh, I, I I I told them it, it you know it's not me, but I hope the other Matt finds his iPhone. Oh boy. Well, well that... they they yeah. That's yeah. that's some that's some virtuous do-gooding, I suppose. That that does not offset the horrible things you were doing to Vince's Springer. That you know, was supposed to be in car mode to go back in the package. Oh yes, yes, yes. So, where were we? Oh, it's three a.m. We're just very tired. We weren't even all that liquored up. I don't think we were just not wanting to no, go no, to bed. We, we, we were. Some of the others were liquored up. I'll say that. Okay, because I, I mostly remember it as no one wants to go to bed. Yeah, I was pretty... Actually, yeah, I was pretty sober. Yeah, I was awake, very much awake. And uh, Vince, uh, one friend of ours, which is uh, Vince's uh, username is usually Code Trivia. Uh, Vince has a running thing with our group that he doesn't finish transforming things, usually. Like, he'll get halfway through and he'll be like, hey, can you finish this? Yeah. Because he'll get frustrated and be like, ah. But, um, yeah, what he... uh, so he handed me his Springer, and he wanted to put it in helicopter mode because he hadn't done it yet. So I started transforming it, and I'm playing around with it. And, of course, I keep being told that uh, I need to put the head away by a certain someone who is sitting three feet opposite me and in complete view. You have to put the head away. It's how you finish the helicopter. So um, we have a running joke now that Springer is secretly the Little Mermaid, which sprung from this uh, because... You know, he has a tail because of his helicopter mode. Oh, so boy. there are a couple of memes that we've been posting. But, um, yeah, I I, we, I think we did have a discussion about how Tarantulas was secretly used somewhere as well. But that that's another that that's another thing. This is, this is abuse. <laughs> this is just abuse. Anyway, uh, Matt, yes. overall, how would you feel about TFCon in Toronto this year? I... From what I remember, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I think it went very well uh, from everything I was involved in. I would like to think so. Um, right. But what I really enjoy about TFCon in general, and especially TFCon Toronto this year, is uh, the community. The sense of community you get. And putting that much time and effort into the community and seeing people enjoy themselves is something that I really, really, really appreciate. And I yeah, I think it went very well this year, and I had a really good time. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it was a, a very, as a toy show, it was a very quiet one this year. Mm. Um, all, and obviously, it was immediately forgotten by several people because then we had all the Unicron news pop up literally the morning after. Yes. But as a, as a social show, I felt like it was an extremely strong one. Uh, and I, I yeah. felt like I felt like also that was very needed because I, I felt like the last few TF cons I've had a lot of fun, but they were also very. It was very like I do my panels, do the toy stuff, blah blah blah. I still socialize, but there's something about this year is there was just like a really um, infectious social energy this year, yes. and, uh, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. 
Yeah, I, th I think I got a bit of that too. Like everyone was just, hey, how are things? And everyone just, even people I didn't even realize knew each other uh, were having conversations. And yeah, I just, it was just really great that even people that apparently didn't even know each other were just getting along so well. Yeah, like if I was going to attribute one thing to it, also the bar was good this year, which is always a bit of a coin toss. Oh yeah, they were on point this year. I'll give them credit. They were they did a really good job. There, there was a good energy, and I, I'm I'm hoping that we get another big dose of that next year. Um, I'm still myself. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to DC. I'm thinking very much no. I just don't think I have the cash. Um, mine's uh, kind of in the same boat. Uh, well, not just that. It's um, just started a new job, and yeah, time off so was a pain. Yeah. Well, if we're not able to make it, that just means more people have to put in fan-submitted panels for DC to fill in uh, the the one or two or three or four slots. Uh, yeah, we do do a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if if you do want to submit a, a panel um, and you feel like you don't really know like precisely what you want to do, you're feeling weird about it, like you know, you can shoot me your mad message. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. If anyone has any kind of stuff, like obviously we can't approve them or anything just if you yeah. want to bounce ideas off us yeah let like, us know we we can't approve them and I'll, I'll i'll maybe speak for matt here a little bit i don't think either of us <laughs> also go. i don't think either of us want to do to make your panel for you yes uh, um but we're cool for brainstorming yeah uh bouncing ideas off um like like specifically i i would be happy to look at your submission before you submit it and just let you know if i think that maybe you're you're a little too vague that's that's not too hard for me to do um yeah and i kind of i kind of know what colin and the other folks on staff are looking for in a panel like you, you listen to enough of the colin q a's you can tell like something that is vague is probably not going to get looked at very closely yeah um the best way to do it is start with an idea think of a title and then explain what you what you want to do um pretty much what your proposal is and once you have your proposal uh you don't have to you know just, just do a bit of a write-up to explain what your goal is what because there's a lot of things we're presenting one of the ones i tend to always look at is the whole so what right and i mean so what is in like what is your point what are you trying to do what is the purpose of this and once you get that everything else comes very quickly and very easily if that makes sense yeah. Uh, once once you know, you know, just the the main thing you want to say, and you write down a slide or something of what of how you want to say it, that can sometimes take up like a whole five to ten minutes. And mm. and remember, you just need to occupy about forty some minutes, like as a baseline. If you occupy more, then there's not as much room for to talk to, talk to people afterwards, or you might run into time. Aiming for around that forty forty five minute mark, like you'll end up filling up an hour one way or another. I'm I'm really sure. So that's uh, that's our, our impromptu how to how to submit panels uh, podcast. Thank you, Matt, for joining me. No, thank you for having me. Uh, we're going to move into a little debrief uh, from a week prior to this recording uh, with myself and Aaron. Uh, Matt, uh, how do you feel about that Aaron character? Uh, he's all right. At sometimes, um, all I'm going to say is uh, just you know, just don't buy him a drink. You won't get around him. Just he's a little. A little dodgy at times, you know. Oh boy! Just, uh, oh boy! Especially yeah. when it comes to cards. Especially when it comes to cards. Well, you right? can't trust him when it comes to cards because he's a bully. He's a he's a TCG bully. I can't remember actually who won our review too. 
Because I, I think I had to leave the room when you two were against each other. Oh, it came, like, like that sealed deck I had, I think I'd go into this in the thing you're all about to hear, like, it was basically, I have to have an upgrade on a character by turn three or the deck loses, like, that's just what I pulled. Uh, so it, it, it came down to the wire, and then uh, Aaron won, and then he made an awful noise that made the whole room not only go silent, but all turn to look at him. <laughs> and I was like, I hope the pack's worth it. And then the, the bounty pack he got was terrible, as, as he deserved, and uh, <laughs> it, was all, it was all good from there. Um, so yeah, we'll, joking aside, he's a good guy. Just um, he, he watches hands and cards, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. He's a good guy, except he cheats. Was a... I didn't say he cheats. I'm just saying, w- w- wash his hands. I'm trying to think of the other ways to parse that. <laughs> it's, no, I'm just saying he may have some nervous ticks or something. Or he may possibly cheat. I, I'm, I'm not saying either. What, okay, either way, fold Springer's head away when you transform <laughs> him. And uh, Matt, why don't, you, why don't you pass us over from talking to me to talking to me and Aaron? Okay, well... Ladies and gents, we're going to be going into a very nice debrief from Chris and Aaron themselves. As I said, Aaron's slightly dodgy, but he's a good guy. And um, yeah, enjoy. Ah, here we are. Aaron, hello. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, boy, howdy, is it hot outside? It's uh, it's July the 30th. It's Tuesday. That's when we're recording this. We're going to do a little bit of that post-TFCon talk, because, uh, boy, is the, the, nothing in the world slowed down for us after TFCon. Yeah, I, I thought everybody would get the message that uh, I need some time to, to come back from that. I don't need to shift into an, an entirely different job at work to do that as long as my other job. There was a real desync going on there. On oh, my fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, there he goes. Oh, here he is again. All right. Well, The internet's that's... deciding everything's just fine. Yeah, that's one more thing. You know what? Today on Twitter, there's a story no one was even talking about it because everyone was just confused. Uh, 37-year-old man, mother just passed away, goes to clear up her things, finds frozen infant in freezer. Oh. That apparently, uh, for 37 years, she was telling him it was a, a wedding cake topper. Uh, okay. There's that there was a mummified frozen infant in the freezer. Uh, so the, you know what? S- surprise! You're the second one. <laughs> it was a really weird story. Uh, also, we had a bunch of toy news. Aaron, we also already had a bunch of more toy news, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we're, but you know what? I'm telling it all to wait. I'm saying no. I've had enough. You can't push us around. We're going to talk about TFCon. Aaron. Yeah. I had a pretty good time at TFCon. I ended TFCon feeling like I had done barely anything, and I also had been busy the whole time. Yes, I, I, I'd i been saying that as well. It was a great recharge, and I think I did about a third of the things that I wanted to, but I was never not doing something that I wanted to. Yeah, and I, I have definitely, I, I quickly told myself, and I still believe it, like, that means we are very fortunate to always have something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of people have that opportunity at an event to always be busy without themselves being the ones finding a thing to do, and I think that that speaks highly to not only us but our friends those around us and all of our endeavors also i wish i had played more tcg but i got some in in the in the lobby at the at the very end yeah we we did sneak some in at the very end 
I actually at Con Bravo this past weekend. I got in. Uh, I was I was going to help with a TCG thing from 10 a.m. till 3:30. Then I got uh, the schedules got weird, and I filmed something with a friend of mine from Ireland for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to TCG at 1 p.m. But then I stayed there and played until like 10 p.m. with uh, with Wookie Mart, who I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but uh, he was also in the lobby with us. He was running that Skywarp setup uh, with the I think it was like double Skywarps. He's the one who put the EM24 launcher on Skywarp and swung in for nine damage and made me go, oh, I want to do that. Okay. Um, but he also made some 3D printed tokens that a uh, friend of the podcast and the local area TCG group, Eric, picked up a few of. Uh, that's all. That's like Sunday night, though. We should just roll back for a sec here. Uh, so you got to Toronto early. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were chilling with yet another friend of the podcast, uh, Ray underscore at random underscore factor. Uh, underscore, yes. Underscore, yes. Uh, and how, how was that? You got to take a look at some of our local gaming uh, shoppers with yeah. two Ps? Yeah, so we hit up uh, Three Kingdoms and Harry Tarantula in our uh, wonders about your fair city. Mm-hmm. Our um, fair uptown, I should probably specify. Yeah. Huh. It, whatever part. Um, yeah. But no, had a had a good time. Got to, to see some, some other FLGSs. Bought something from each one of them. Nothing big, but uh, uh, was was neat to see um, just different takes on things. Thank where, you for your support. Either way, yeah, it's it's small support small businesses or or whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, you just had, hit, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say you also hit some of that my my chicken, right? Yeah, had some yeah, good, good. some my my chicken. I like to maybe see some of that around here, but uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, had had a good time. Um, a little bit more relaxed entry into the the con- big convention weekend. Um, frequently it starts off with a whole lot of insanity and running around. It's just like, eh, yeah, like drive, 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 arrive. Yeah. Okay, now go get supplies. All right, now drink, now sleep. Yeah, and it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was nice to just like kind of hang out and that was just the whole deal with ray underscore random underscore factor underscore of just like yeah, don't hey, have just, to do all that every, every just, time if you don't want yeah to. it's okay uh yeah like hey just like show us around hit up the stops and you know a, a different dinner than maybe what we'd normally go for or something so just to have a different feel of everything rather than what's immediately around the hotel yeah, do you know what I'm really proud of? As far as I know, anyway, maybe you did and I didn't ask you about it. Neither of us went to Chop. I didn't, know. I didn't either. Hey, pat ourselves in the back. We skipped... We, not nothing against Chop, but what a predictable thing to do at TFCon. Yeah. Go have dinner at Chop. So, good on us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went there on, uh, on uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Kind of got also a, ni- a nice slow start. I met up with Grimlockimus. We did our business with Spream. Did our business with a box of TCG. Mm-hmm. Uh, that box of TCG had some weird ratios. Um, I pulled three play sets of of th- like a playset of each of three rares battle cards. Uh, uh, and out of, of one them, box, okay. Yeah, there, there were three erratic energy grenades, three heroic team ups, and four heat of battles. Uh, so okay. not a wide variety of rare battle cards, but it was just weird. It was super weird. I didn't mind. I didn't have any uh, heroic team ups to speak of aside from like one or two. So that that finished me up pretty nicely. Um, I think I traded off a bunch of those heated battles too. Um, did some trading at Com Bravo, but uh, 
Yeah, it was it was fun. I uh, I also I traded to Grimlockimus some Soto Common Riders, and uh, my Thursday and Friday are already kind of blurring together in my head because that's just what happens. But um, kind of going into convention proper, uh, our podcast roundtable went pretty well. I'm actually still now that I'm through my second convention of the month because July is always where I really just let myself have it. Uh, I'm now starting to put that audio together for the Friday podcast roundtable because it turns out I have the only good audio. <laughs> Um, so I have two channels and I would really like to make them both work because you know, how I had those two mics on the table. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the intended thing happened, which is one mic makes three of us sound great. The other mic makes the other three sound great. You know, give or take. I forgot how many people were up there. Yeah. Um, the problem is the mics pick up the echo of the other three and it created, at least in my speakers, a counter wave that sounded really weird. So I need to listen to it with headphones properly and see if that counter wave is not going to be a problem. And if it is, then I gotta I gotta tweak some things. Okay. But uh, we 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 here at WTFTFW we have experience with counter waves. That's what killed one of our interviews, mm-hmm. uh, our only lost interview, in fact. Um, but uh, yeah, that roundtable was fun. I felt that my 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 Canada flag umbrella hats went over pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we we had a good time. Charity auction, I think, also was a banger. Yeah, uh, that's a Grim Lockimus once again. That minor Megatron custom of the f- what three or four customs he four customs he put in four customs. Yeah, that one led off and led to a bidding war that hit up to like three eighties. Like we talked about this on the Sunday podcast roundtable because I think that was a a convention legend. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I I thought the charity auction was fantastic. Uh, I actually really enjoyed sticking around for a lot of it. Um, charity auction can sometimes turn into quite a snoozer by the end, and it's nobody's fault. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing that this year I think kind of got like gassed out early. Yeah, and it was just that because there were some some of those hits really big right off the bat, and then it was just like, Ugh. it uh, it is still the pattern. Once they start moving into the autograph photographs, I start I start glancing to see what's left there, and I start going like, maybe I can just I could just dip out. Uh, I've I've bought my one or two things. Mm-hmm. I did my part. Um. Uh, I, I don't care enough about autographs, and there's nothing wrong with autographs. This is a me problem. Uh, but yeah, um, Aaron, what else did we do on Friday? Did we, did we do anything together? I don't think we did after that. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I hung out at the bar a bit. I was actually quite impressed on Thursday. I tried I tried some of the bar butter chicken, and it was pretty good. Yeah, I, um, I, I had more than one person tell me that, like, hey, the the Quest Bar's food is good this year. It is a coin toss uh-huh. every year, but uh, and and it's not it's not actually really the bar. It's specifically the bar management. There's a lot of turnover, uh, and when there's good management, the food's good. When everyone who works there hates working there, the food starts to suffer a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, this year it was it was pretty solid. The the drinks menu uh, once again themed drinks. Although, and I, I I don't I'm not actually like seeking to take credit here, but. I had I had a drink that had some citrus stuff in it, and I thought that the citrus part was good, but the other stuff on top wasn't to my liking. And I remembered I'd just seen on YouTube a whiskey sour is whiskey and a bunch of lime juice or lemon juice, mm-hmm. and I thought, hey, maybe that's just what I want is a bunch of citrus and some whiskey. And then uh, so I had a lot of whiskey sours at the bar, and they were okay. Like the the citrus juice they were using was pre squeezed, and I think pre sweetened, so it was a little a little soda ish. But uh, I noticed, especially on Saturday. I went to to pay my tab and I looked at their menu screen and it was just 30 times the phrase whiskey sour. (laughs) 
so I, I I think I asked you guys about this at the bar. I think like one person saw me get it, and then they got it, and then their friend said, "What's that? I want to try that." Yeah. So uh, actually, at Origins, I got put onto whiskey sours um, due to telling a bartender, "Hey, I like whiskey drinks. What would you recommend?" And oh uh, man, I didn't know this part. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Shork was there as well, and he was like, mm, Did- "Yeah, good choice." Um, Did we inadvertently double-team peer pressure Maybe the bar? Oh, I don't know, because when you said whiskey sour, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I will say the Quest Bar's whiskey sours were not the best whiskey sours I've had. It was a pretty close approximation. I have um, now had a better one. Yeah. Uh, so generally you want, like, <laughs> you want, like, a bitters in there, not just, like, the... I almost feel like they were maybe using like margarita mix for the so, citrus. No, I, but... I straight up after I had my first one, I was like, "That was pretty good." That color was highly unnatural. Are you just putting a bunch of Margaritaville stuff in here? So I went to watch them make it, and yeah. uh, it was coming out of a pitcher, and it looked like it was pre-squeezed stuff. Yeah, but not like out of a bottle, like I was thinking originally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at uh, the Con Bravo Hotel, the Hamilton Sheraton, I ordered a whiskey sour, and the bartender lady was a badass. She hand-crushed, like, four lemon wedges into the glass. Nice. Uh, and then went to the fridge to get some of their pre-squeezed stuff to top it up. Yeah. And that was that tasted, the way I would describe it, it was sharper like a knife in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked it. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a full convert. It, so... Because I, I was sitting there, I was like, there's no way I somehow... I didn't even tell Aaron what I was getting. And I was like, I couldn't have been me. And I didn't know that you had gotten into them at, at, at Origins. So yeah. I think we... I, try, I truly think we did inadvertently peer pressure a lot of people. Because they just saw it. And maybe smelled it. And it smells nice. Uh, anyway. Now, now that I'm done patting us on the back for being friggin' frat boys at the bar who tell everyone what to buy to drink. <laughs> um... Let's go to uh, to start with some general stuff here. It's sort of an expansion on our, unfortunately, slightly truncated Sunday panel because we ended up running into some time uh, crunch. Uh, we talked at that Sunday panel about, like, you know, a thing you got and the thing you did. Uh, I meant to ask you, Aaron, did you hit up any panels yourself this year? Um, I don't think so, really. I sat in on, like, bits, but it wasn't ever anything that like i really locked in on yeah like I, I was hoping to find some i know i talked to some people who had been to aaron archer's panel and that's one that i really wish i had been able to make it to um it sounds like he keeps having new information to drop at those things mm-hmm. um because I, I i myself i did i did uh not including the podcast panels i did two panels myself uh and one of them i did catch the tail end of the script reading and uh the thing i took away from that blue mankuma still friggin has it without even trying like <laughs> yeah. like he just does that voice that's I, I i borderline think maybe that's just his speaking voice i did not get to converse with with the gentleman but uh that tiger hawk voice was just rolling on out of him and it sounded exactly like it did back in the late 90s nice um that, that guy kicked some some vocal butt uh because I, I had my own panel on on saturday morning which was rules of healthy collecting that panel i thought went pretty darn great um, I, I, I was worried about it and, uh, people seemed happy and then people afterwards told me that they liked it. So hooray, uh, got a great comment on the stream where someone said, look at all those empty chairs. And I, I looked at the video and at the very back was Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I, so I said to Aaron, how does it feel to be an empty chair? 
Uh, and uh, then I, I had uh, another one on Saturday night. It was one I was taking part in. It was Matt McNally's panel idea, I believe, or primarily his concept, if I recall correctly, which was defending a Transformer series to figure out the best Transformer series. Yeah, right. Uh, you'd get eight minutes. You could provide your own slides. So we all made slides. It was a very fun panel. I have all the master footage for that, and I'm going to be putting that together to put up uh, on YouTube so you all can enjoy it. Uh, I'll just say that the slides I made were in defense of Transformers Energon or Superlink. Uh, that was my decision. Um, and I had a lot of fun. And uh, everyone else in the panel, I think, did a really good job, especially considering, as far as I know, for a number of them, that was their first panel they've ever done. Oh, um, cool. There were a number of people doing first panels this year. Uh, at least a couple, I think. And there were also just, I, sh- I should say more importantly, there were a lot of fan panels this year, and I'm ecstatic to see that. Because uh, Q&As are incredibly valuable and pro- probably the best use of a guest time. Um when you go to enough conventions, you start to have heard a lot of the A's in the Q&A's. Uh, and that's nobody's fault. But it does make the Q&A's a little bit less enticing, for, at least for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about, about all the other fan stuff. Like, I unfortunately ended up missing um, uh, uh, at, at sign user General Techno's uh, Beast Machines panel, which uh, he put a ton of work into, as far as I know. Uh, it was an in-defense of Beast Machines panel, and uh, I believe I heard it went pretty well. Um, I hope someone recorded it, because I'd like to see. Um, Matt had a panel uh, about animation errors. Uh, Ninjatron, as always, had a, a pretty stellar panel near the end of the show. Um, the cosplay contest uh, was gangbusters, as far as I heard. Uh, our, our pal Jazz, uh, Jazz Lee Jazz, Lee Jazz, was doing a real good job uh, taking a lot of the reins on hosting that. Yeah. Um, I, I am uh, super happy with how there are a lot of people falling into these, not like leadership roles, but falling into these roles of like, oh, this is the thing that I know I can I can take the reins on really solidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes for a convention that I think feels a lot more, it feels like the convention has has a, a, a backbone that is not built out of its guest list. Right, uh, which which makes me super excited. And I, I'll say again, it's not meant to be cynical. I, I know this can come off super cynical, but it's just like, Eventually, you know, there's got to be more than just guests, and I, I'm I'm so happy with uh, the schedule we had this year. Um, I say we. I did two panels. I don't actually run the show, but uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't make it to a lot of other panels because uh, in one case on Saturday, I was in that afternoon TCG tournament along with Aaron. Yeah, uh, and and, Sunday, and who won between us in that one? Uh, I, I believe you did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, I just and, wanted to be sure. That's. Sometimes believe- memory can be a little bit hazy, but I'm glad that you also remember it that way. As, as I recall, you you shrieked to the point of frightening the room. Yeah. Because uh, I did all that mattered, and that was beat you. In in a two-pack, in a, a slightly, we'll talk about this, a, a slightly uh, askew uh, two-pack turbo event. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which my deck had precisely one win con, which was unfortunately RNG determinate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I figured out by the end of round one. I was like, if I don't have a card on this guy by turn three, I actually lose. <laughs> like mathematically. <laughs> um, but Sunday we also ended up being pretty busy as we were sitting in with the Commandroids folks. Yeah, 
Uh, so both both days, a tabletop thing did take up a chunk of the afternoon, but I felt really good about it. The Commandroid stuff was way more exciting than I was kind of expecting going in. Mm-hmm. I also need to follow up on the email I got recently. I, I was trying, we were trying to set up a discussion with them, and uh, they sent me an email while I was at Con Bravo this weekend. <laughs> So it's in a pile of things to unearth. I, I immediately had uh, had some uh, freelance work today, right after I got home. So I got to go dig that out and sort that out. We're gonna we're gonna record something with the Commandroids people. They were super fun folks, mm-hmm. uh, and their their game their uh, their system is a lot was a lot more narrative than I was expecting. I'm very used to especially like systems being pitched in my you know one year of experience. But I, I'm used to seeing systems being pitched that also like have all these mechanics hooks, and that's how they're hoping to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one uh, was was so storytelling oriented. It's definitely my my preference for tabletop. Um, nothing against you know hard stats and rolling dice, but and, and I, I've I've come to learn through talking to people that is very much a preference for a lot of folks. Uh, I'm I'm infinitely more interested in telling the story together. Um, that, I think that's why, like you know, for instance, Lasers and Feelings is on my list of things I want to play and Fiasco. Um, but uh, Aaron, let's, let's let's talk TCG first. Let's get all this out of our system. Yeah, because we already have been talking about TCG for like half this recording. Uh, so those those tournaments that uh, Ages Three and Up was running with the help of a local gentleman whose name just slipped my mind. Uh, I believe he's in a Discord channel I'm in. I'm just gonna go look because uh, we haven't posted much in here. Uh, his name on Discord appears to be Window. That doesn't help me. Yeah, I don't think that's his real name. <laughs> But uh, he and Matt McNally are both helping run things along with Boris. Uh, I think Eric was sticking to the uh, to the, the toy tables. But uh, the way the way that the organized tournaments were running was a thirty dollar buy in for four packs. Basically, like you're paying for the four packs and putting uh, around seven to ten bucks uh, towards the prize pool. Um, and uh, it was two pack turbo with the option of a mulligan, which. Is a very interesting idea. I think it, I think it's a solid idea up front. In practice, I found one big problem presented itself immediately, which yeah. is. Or go ahead, go. Ahead. Uh, no, I was. Just, I'll let you go with what well, your issue. Okay, here, here's my which is the mulligan's a cool idea without written rules that take that into account. The notion of the sideboard, uh, especially for a two of three three round tournament, became to me extremely contentious and i think it changed the tone of the entire tournament mm-hmm. uh because you had to make a huge decision half blind before round one yep uh and you were locked in and unfortunately the nature of two-pack turbo it's a it's a format built on best of one mm-hmm. kind of it can run best of three but if you get stuck with a bad two-pack turbo for three two out of three rounds it can really do a number on um what do you call it your your, uh enthusiasm the the rainbow that you'd like to see over the crest of your brain horizon Mm -hmm. uh enthusiasm i guess so it's 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 a shame because i i think it was a very well-intentioned thing my immediate feedback um, you know, a week and a half later or whatever. Uh, and I checked with some people. It seems like this would have gone over pretty well. Is uh, now this has been now this has happened once. If, this, if we're going to do this again and we want to run two pack turbo, fifteen dollar buy in and you just get two packs, and we do best of one. Yeah, and I um, think that would be better. I think that well, so uh, not only that, but I think that with wave three, since you have the one large and one small, where it's not just open two packs, that's it. Where yeah. it's open two packs, you have a decision to make. 
Um, so like the one that I was playing, I had um, the is it detour that you can tap, discard a blue card from your hand, draw and, three, draw two, and no, and plus three to attack. That's road hugger. A road hugger. So I had yeah. road hugger, but I had to make my decision without ever seeing what was in those packs. Oh, and, and I mean, woe and, betide whoever had Wheeljack, Trailbreaker, or Ratchet. Right. And so it's a, <laughs> it, it was a, a question of, like, I went with Laserbeak because he's Pierce, and that's some sort of guarantee versus what might be in there. And then it turns out when I opened those packs, I didn't have a single orange pip in two packs. I only yeah. had, like, blue and black and green and white. Yeah. And it's like, well, had I known that I had a bunch of blue pips, especially some blue pip cards that, like, I had the the Shockwave-only upgrade in there, mm-hmm. which is a bummer of a rare to pull in a sealed thing, but, hey, that happens. It's statistics. But yeah. had I been able to, like, look at those and go, oh, this is a way I can, if nothing else, get it out of my hand yeah, and, and get some sort of use out of it for a, a real big swing, I probably <laughs> would have went with a different like configuration and i think what exacerbates it is 30 dollar buy-in and three rounds mm-hmm. with you having to live with that decision uh and so like, like i i'm hoping i'm, I'm making it clear this is meant to be 100 percent constructive feedback like if we're going to do this again uh if we want to do best of three three rounds for a multi-hour tournament it should probably be six pack sealed yeah because uh, given that this tournament still ran basically at 20 minutes shorter than a six-pack sealed tournament, I feel like there was no real gain from doing two-pack sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, or, I, and I can appreciate or, the, the want to have a like an anti-feel-bad in there. Yeah. Because like you could theoretically get two just junk packs for character cards and want to like swap out, but at the same time that's kind of what the two pack sealed format is yeah and if it and and if it's just a thing that you 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 go through it and you play your best of one match and you find your next best of one like when it's also best of one yeah it's rough but it's also you know 10 us 15 canadian and you can just go like okay i'm through it and like maybe pull the trigger on a second one yeah I think multiple one-off events firing off, and then I, I believe that's how it happened at Origins when Pastimes mm-hmm. ran it. Um, I think that suits the format a bit better. I was all all up in, like, like the mulligan thing was actually my favorite part of the whole idea until I opened my first two packs. Yeah. And then I sat there for a second, I was like, wait a second, this is making what's supposed to be the most casual format actually intensely stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, add in the fact that I I had to buy in on four packs to do this mulligan in the first place. Um, so learning experience. Now we've I think this had to have been done once. Now we mm-hmm. have the data two pack turbo best of three with it. Like we we did a two pack best of three tournament at Three Kingdoms uh, the week after just because there were enough of us there and we want to give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, basically Ryan Hoopla and myself pulled complete garbage, and we were using Swiss system even. Uh, final round was me and Ryan over the course of round one, you know, game one of the final round, 
learning from each other that there's a reason why we were facing each other in the final round and we basically had made a suicide pact to get <laughs> through these games as fast as possible because holy god we would like to play with our constructed decks and remember what nice feelings are <laughs> it, it was terrible he had ratchet and and no medic and a, and a nothing with ratchet yeah and i was like why are you so sad about ratchet then i hit ratchet once and i was like oh i see why you're sad about ratchet <laughs> he dies very yeah, he fast just falls over and i i had just some complete nonsense i had another scrapnel jank set up uh scrapnel just won't leave me alone in two-pack turbo like i, I like scrapnel in sealed and and even in turbo uh, it actually, I didn't mind the deck that I had, even though like the one that I played in the same tournament as Aaron. The thing is that deck was it was it was Scrapnel and Laserbeak. If I did not get the EM twenty four laser launcher on Scrapnel by the second or third turn, uh, I would not win the game through sheer attrition. Uh, and that was almost mathematically provable. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? At least I know I have to roll a five or six on the die, basically. Uh, at the top of the game, and then I will probably win. If I roll a 1, 2, 3, or 4, I'll probably lose. But at least there's a hard science here, and there's a, there's a decent little 30% chance that I can I can squeeze a few in here. In this other one, though, I just had nothing. I had Scrapnel and nothing uh, at Three Kingdoms, and I was like, I was so happy when we finished that one. <laughs> so I, I think 2-pack Turbo, uh, it can be best of three, but boy, you throw someone into best of three and three-round Swiss... And and you end up with suicide pack play by the end of that. <laughs> like you got people who just want to be out of there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, I think that's good learning experience, especially with you know one more TFCon on the horizon this year. Um, forever runs it. I would say fifteen dollar buy in, best of one two pack. You know what? Best of one three rounds two pack turbo. I think is the, is the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Gives you three shots with the deck, and if you Swiss system it, then you didn't have to go through. Uh, four to six games to get to the part where you commiserate with the other person who had the bad pulls. Uh, you only had to go through two. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the pricing was actually really solid. Uh, there was uh, just some straight up, bit, like, I think Leader and Voyager Siege toys on the table. There was a mm -hmm. big stack of packs. There was uh, various card supplies. Of course, the gold promos and Smashdown were there because every store has them, so why not put them there? Although, like, those of us in Toronto, I think, poisoned that pool a little bit because, um, at least speaking for Ryan, like, we have a lot of copies of those things. And uh, we're kind of just ready to hand them out to whoever couldn't get them. Like, I just did that at Com Bravo. I talked to a guy who missed the launch event and was like, yeah, I hope I can get a Smashdown someday. So I threw a Smashdown at him. You're just like, Ugh. I was like, here, have, have one of my four spare ones. This is yours now. Uh, I'm, I'm, by the way, when I say four spare ones, I, I am keeping all this stuff in sets in the hopes of giving it to new players or players. If I if I go to conventions, players who were unable to get at these things because their stores were not participating. Yeah. Um. So uh, that that was that was nice to do at Com Bravo at least, and I and I know that Hoopla said he did that at TFCon as well. Um. And and yeah, the, and the folks in the room running the event, they did a real darn good job considering like you know especially Matt. Matt's never won one of these run one of these things before. Mm -hmm. uh, they they were all relying on software. Swiss system software is never easy to use. I'm speaking partly from experience with fencing tournaments. Uh, so a good job on everyone, and I hope that we can take a lot of lessons out of out of trying that format, and hopefully we can tweak it to something that's a bit speedier and a bit more a bit more feel good. 
Uh, either that, if we're going to dig in our heels on a, on a multi-hour tournament, let's go six-pack sealed, let's just do it, let's pull the trigger. Um, TCG stuff otherwise, Aaron, you got my bounty, what what was it? Uh, it was, I got a, a pack, or two packs, and I think it was garbage. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that I think that happened when someone got, no, I got the bounty on you, didn't I? No. At, uh, no, at, 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 in LA, I swear I got, yeah, in that, uh, that box tourney. Oh, yeah. Remember I got the bounty on you and I got, like, a, a garbage version of a Wave 1 pack? Yeah. Yeah. Why do we keep getting... You know I, what? I don't know. Here's one other thing. If two people end up facing each other and they have they both have a bounty on each other, I know this is a bit of a loss for the people running it. No matter who wins, give both our bounties to two other random players. Right. And, like, <laughs> hey, maybe if you're going to, like, have people with bounties on them like don't have them pay full price or like have us get something else out of it maybe no Aaron just just play with higher pressure just just play with it. that's why also the bounty on you I thought was particularly cruel because you it's not like it, at that point you had not yet had your two people locally get interested yeah so it's like here's Aaron who barely gets to play and now is being treated as a high level player yeah <laughs> uh, I actually tried to cheat the bounty for someone in round one because we went to time Mm-hmm. And I told the guy I was playing, we the, you know we still have a bit of time while they're sorting out the next round. Let's just finish this game and see what would have happened. And he beat me. And I tried to tell them I was like, hey, I know we went to, to a draw, but we did play it out. He did beat me. If there's any way he could get this bounty, and they were like, no, nah, we can't do that. Uh, and I was like, oh, I tried really hard. And then I asked him if he wanted any any of my dupes, and he's like, oh, I got them all already. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Uh, Outside of, of those tourneys, did you do a second tourney? I can't, I can't no, recall. No, I poked my head in a couple times, and they tried to get me in on the tourney. Yeah. And I, it was like, well, I I don't have... Again, with it being three rounds, three sets, it's like that's a lot of time when there's everything else that's going on this weekend as well. Um Again, that's why I think the quicker turns on them, especially in that situation. Because, like, Thursday, I'm going to be playing at Gen Con. And that's five hours of my time is going to be playing for in in the tournament. Um, And, like, that's a lot of time to be jumping into that. So No bounty, at least. Oh, yeah, hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> they'll, they'll find you. They'll figure out a way. Drew will see me go, hey, that guy! Beat <laughs> that guy! Beats, whoever beats that guy gets a box of wave four! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I mean, that is a lot of time, and especially at something like a Transformers convention where there's a bunch of other stuff. Like, I'm concerned about what I'm going to miss at Gen Con, and I'm going to be there for another three days. Yeah. Mostly running Robo Rally. But... Like but, you know, I, I, know, I know, I want to pick up the CD project or the uh, Cyberpunk 2020 or the Cyber uh, no Cyberpunk Red there and a couple other mm. things, but also like the the thing that's getting me to Gen Con is also a, a job I have to work the whole time. So yeah, I, I don't know. Stay hydrated. That's what yeah. I'll say. Uh, and uh, get some of that hand sanitizer. Especially mm-hmm. if you're if you're touching things other people touched, uh, so so hopefully as I said that's it's, that's all hindsight feedback. There's no way we would have known any of this without having gone through trying it. 
So mm -hmm. uh, let's all take this lesson with us to the next time we run some TCG at uh, at a tournament. Uh, and when I say we, I don't mean me because I wasn't. I specifically wasn't running it because I wanted to play. You mean like uh, the global we? Yeah, that's right. The royal we. Because mm -hmm. we're all royalty here. We're Transformers fans. Um, the other tabletop thing, Commandroids. Uh, granted, we're going to record with them, so I don't want to like spend a billion years on this, but. Um, I, I, I went into this a bit in that podcast roundtable on Sunday. Uh, the nature of the villains in that world, the Nemesites, that was a real big creative uh, connection for me. Because uh, you, you, you give me some body horror Transformer Geiger alien monsters, and uh, you, you've created a world I want to start taking part in. Um, that's all I'll say. Uh, the Nemesites, the nature of the Nemesites was not apparent to me in any of their online paperwork. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was very much seeing just like, oh, it's Autobots and Decepticons, but not. But no, no, Nemesites are a lot different. Uh, they're a lot like what I, like when I half jokingly talk about how much I like some of the bullet points in Kiss Play and how I like the idea of, of you know, the Legion, these Decepticon monsters that just consume human flesh. Imagine you, you actually do strip out all the skeezy parts and you keep the body horror part. Like, that's kind of what, that's kind of what was connecting with me there. Um... But uh, they were they were very fun folks. They'd been busy all weekend. Like the Saturday, they were doing straight up like four plus hour campaign demos, if I recall correctly. Yeah, uh, which they is probably why were we weren't able to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it sounded like they were very happy that they came, and, and they made a lot of good uh, a lot of good connections with uh, with folks in the fandom. Um, mm -hmm. Got a lot of good feedback, and hopefully had a very good Sunday and Monday checking out Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll find out later on. But, uh, yeah, uh, other than that, uh, my apologies to listeners that we don't have any other personal panel experiences to really share. Um, as far as I know, the Q&As were solid. Uh, I caught a little bit of one of the writer Q&As because I was still in the room uh, having packed up for one of my things. And it, it sounded like, um, who was it? it was it's the, the guy who wrote some G1 stuff who was there. And I mix all their names up when they aren't uh, Buzz Dixon. Um, I'm going to go take a look. Uh, the gentleman in question led off with what felt like a very well-rehearsed and entertaining opener um, about how he, he did not kill Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was Ron Friedman. It was Ron Friedman. He wrote the Transformers 86 movie and was a script editor on the G1 cartoon. And he, he specifies, even though I wrote the movie, I didn't kill Optimus. They made yeah. me do it. Yeah. He's like, if you do this, you're just going to have to undo it in like six months. Yeah. And I, th I think he said it, and it was like, Seven months and two days later, Optimus Prime came back to life. <laughs> that the way he told it, I was like, "That is an anecdote you have said many times, but it's also a really solid one." Uh, I uh, much respect, much much panel presentation respect. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, Artist Alley, uh, I hit up a bunch. Um, obviously, got my commission from Alex Milne, uh, but I also mm -hmm. really enjoyed how a lot of the artists had brought sketchbooks with them in addition to prints. Because um, yeah. uh, I think I mentioned this in the panel, but I was talking like Ryan Hoop was the one who put this in my head originally, and it is very, very true. Like some of us don't have a living space that has room for a lot of art prints, mm -hmm. uh, and I like I have two two and a half very embarrassed looking tubes. That's my art collection. Mm -hmm. um, being able to get little like like books that I can put on a bookshelf, where I can take them off the bookshelf and flip through them to see the art. Oh, I really like that. Uh, especially when they always have a blank page on the front, and the artists always like do little sketches and stuff or sign in the front. Like it's it's a, it's a system I'm very much into. 
I don't expect it of every artist because I, I can tell you from very close secondhand experience, getting books made is hard. It's not easy. But I'm really appreciative of how many artists this year were uh, were up for doing it. Um, I uh, only really was in Artist Alley for the beginning of the show just to grab basically sketchbooks and that commission. Um, but there was some really cool stuff there. Sarah Petra Duroche had been making soap. Uh, and I smelled a bunch. I huffed some of some of that soap, and it was really good. Uh, it looked like candy, and I wanted to eat it. But I know that that's bad, and you're not supposed to eat soap. Yeah, don't, don't eat soap. That's not good for you. It's not healthy. I I myself decided not to purchase some of her soap to eat. Uh, I, I left it alone. I'm glad um, that you're making better life decisions now. Thank you. But boy, it looked delicious. Uh, there was also a, a, a chop shops table, I believe, had a whole bunch of shirts, including uh, some copies of the Spream shirt that, that I got off Redbubble. And I saw more Spream shirts around during the weekend and felt very proud. Um, Aaron, did you get a chance at all to hit Artist Alley? Was, uh, I did a little bit. Um, I actually got uh, sat down and talked with uh, Josh Perez and mm-hmm. got one of each of the Wave 3 cards that he'd worked on signed. Yeah, he uh, including he used the some. App. In, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> used the app because it was about the quickest way because he didn't know, or at least didn't remember the names of the cards. But as it was flipping through, he's like, "Oh yeah, did that one? Colored that one? Colored that one? Did the art on that one? Colored that one? Colored that one? Did the so this one was originally supposed to be somebody else, and then I like need a little bit of work real quick, so I did that one, and then I did that. Yeah, so that and he. Uh, as as he put it, I think fixed the art on my frag toss. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, as as he did the art on these, it was a much like larger view of it than the you know cut down card size that you get. And so the frag that is being tossed in frag toss has some like motion blur lines on it. Mm-hmm. That did not apparently transfer over to the the card size very well. So he pulled out a uh, a white pen and uh, fixed big air quotes around the microphone my frag toss for. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I went by. I, I got like while I was um, in there on Friday on on sorry Friday Saturday. I always forget Friday. It's not actually open. Um, I got. Uh, Sarah Petra Duroche to sign my, one of my copies of Squish 'em Like Bugs because that's my favorite card and favorite art in the set, mm-hmm. um, and so that that was uh, that was a good moment. Uh, and then I got I got a copy of your list and I went to Josh Perez and I said, "Hey, I got a list of cards." And he was like, "Yeah, I gave Aaron that list because I was figuring you'd want to have that list to then come and get me to sign cards." I was like, "Yes, the transaction uh, has occurred." <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got me a set of uh, Josh Perez cards signed as well. Um, did, did you get your frag toss fixed? I don't know. He didn't bring that up, if I recall. I'm going to take a look. Mine's better. <clears throat> Just saying. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Uh, if he did something, then I can't tell. I know that he had a white pen, and he didn't use it because he said he was all excited to use it, except it took a million years to dry. Yeah, it did take uh, a bit to dry. And so he just went back to using uh, Sharpies to sign stuff. Um, I believe he signed on the art on these ones. Yeah, he he, get, he he was asking if it was okay to sign on the art because that felt more appropriate. And I was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to start getting picky about where you sign on the card. Um, 
So that was cool. Like, uh, obviously, it would, it would be great to continue. Like, you know, this helps us fill out more of that chart of who worked on what with the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, you know, also Casey Collar wasn't there this year. And we know for a fact if Casey Collar was there, he probably would have ended up signing hundreds and hundreds of cards, considering how many he worked on um, for Wave 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, multiplying several times, of course. He, he didn't work on... There aren't hundreds of cards in Wave 3. But, um... Other than that, let's, let's think in dealer room stuff. Um, that's more of a what we got thing, which I did want to bump closer to the end. Uh, Aaron, what else... What, what am I forgetting? What else happened at TFCon? Uh, I don't know. Um... There the was bar karaoke. was pretty solid. Karaoke was all right. I did some Lady Gaga. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, were you? You didn't go to karaoke, did you? I sat outside of karaoke for a bit. So if you were there, I got there, you know, a little bit late. Um, and right after I got there, uh, RC and Hot Rod showed up from yeah. Cybertronic Spree. Uh, and we're just like, hey, what's up, everyone? And they just hung out. They didn't like take over the stage or anything. They signed up for karaoke like everyone else. Hot Rod did one song. Uh, they, they, they got down with it when someone did, uh, Mr. Roboto, uh, and they were, they were super chill. I'd never actually spoken to those folks before. Uh, Cybertronics, I mean, RC and Hot Rod, we already know to be super chill from the cartoon, but it turns out in person, uh, they're also really super chill. Do you, do you want me to break that just a little bit for you? Uh, how so? So the, apparently the gathering of the Juggalos is, uh, this upcoming weekend. And yeah. Cybertronic Spree is going to be on stage there. Oh, yeah. My, my understanding was that they didn't make it to TFCon because there was something going on at the same time. But that evening, they had free time, basically. Okay. Or at least two of them had free time and were in the area. And so they got into full gear and showed up. Yeah. Uh I, they were super cool. Like I was actually, I was, I, I, I took some photos with them and said thank you so much for coming out. And they were super gracious and they didn't have anything else relevant to say, so yeah. I, I left it alone. But I was, I was like, man, you guys, I wish I, I wish I had more things to think of to talk to you about other than like what's it like being Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, double brackets. They were also in character the whole time and double brackets. Um, but uh, karaoke, you know, sort of the same old karaoke vibe, but as long as you get there in the first hour and a half, it's fine. If you get there at, like, 11 o'clock, it's kind of already over. Mm. Um, everyone who's there already signed up. You're not getting in by then. Right. Um, and I, I kind of wish that was a bit more clear up front, because uh, sometimes I see disappointed folks showing up. Um what else is there to talk about? Uh, I guess it is just dealer room and some dealer room action. Uh, I, I was definitely cutting back a little bit on spending outside of all the money I spent. I, I still spent too much money, but I wasn't going nuts in the dealer room necessarily. Uh, Saturday, I picked up I, all these new age things, right? Mm-hmm. Little, little the, our, our friends who made Flipper, who probably are DX9, uh, have more figures at. So I picked up their Jazz, and I picked up one of their Datsuns, one of their Fair Ladies Zeds the blue blue streak version and got very mad because they were both very good toys. So Sunday, I basically made it my quest to get the rest of the Datsuns and, mm. uh, the shockwave jazz. Um, and, uh, I was able to grab, uh, all the Datsuns, uh, barricade and actual prowl. I got loose from chosen primes display cabinet. Okay. Uh, and then the, the other three, I think I, I was able to get, uh, I think about 15 bucks off by buying a bundle deal and doing some haggling. Okay. Uh, not that those ones not at Chosen Prime. That was at uh, I think TF Source. Um, 
and that's when the cat pee smell was going around. Um, which was pretty interesting, and it was great for me to move on from there right after doing that purchase. Uh, basically, one of the, someone at a booth basically like, no, there was a smell, and I thought it was a baby. Because, you know, babies sometimes smell like poo, right? Mm-hmm. Poo and pee. Uh, and someone said, that ain't, that, ain't no, that ain't no baby defecant. That's a cat. And I was like, I was like, you sure? That smells kind of like, kind of like, you know, baby musk. And they're like, no, nah, that's cat. That ain't going away. And the guy looked really unhappy about it because <laughs> he was behind a table. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was mostly what, like, I, aside from obviously, you know, grabbing Grimlock and Mrs. Supreme. And then at the charity auction, I also grabbed his skipjack and the Studio Series Barricade. Um, before the show, I got a, a barely used Studio Series Sideswipe off of friend of the show Malwave Brent. Uh, for a very good deal, okay. um, and uh, oh, I also picked up the New Age Cosmos because uh, there was there was one there. It was the original colors yep. and the price was fine. Got one of um, those. Yeah, I like I like transforming that Cosmos more than I like actually using either of his modes. I'm going to admit. Yeah, uh, the the his like weird torso flip around thing caught me off guard the first time I transformed him. I really dig it, and then like into robot mode, and I start sitting there, and I felt really bad saying it. And I was like, I was like, this is just me, but I'm actually really bummed out how how little shoulder range he has. Mm-hmm. I wish he could wave his arms around more. Um, the Jazz Shockwave, like I see why people think that's the best thing New Age has made. It certainly is the most impressive, but I think the Datsuns are better. Uh, I think that they're more satisfying to transform. So, so I'm going to admit it. Uh, I've not gotten the chance to transform my Prowl yet. Uh, mm. uh, it's it's there. It's waiting on me. Um, just life and work has been too busy. Oh, to you know, this, have time to dig into it. You let, let them ripen a little bit. Yeah, uh, like it certainly is. A, is not as clean a transformation as jazz. Like the jazz transformation is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. I I really I did a test transform of the jazz because I think that there was somebody very early on that was like, "Oh, you got that? Well, you better be careful because X Y Z." And then I transformed it both ways a couple times it's like i'm not seeing that issue but okay i'm not even seeing any letters i don't know what you were drinking but uh no whiskey sours we were we oh yeah yeah that. we were i'm talking to, i'm talking to this hypothetical worried person no um but so yeah the fair ladies are like you know a slightly sloppier transformation in some ways but it's just so sad the datsun transformation going back to diaclone turns out they made the best car transformation skeleton in the 1970s Mm-hmm. Uh, it just always works. It's my one of my favorite. It's my favorite Hasui masterpiece transformation by far. Um, I've collected nearly all the Hasui Datsuns. The the robot mode is my vision of of a just perfect average transformer body. Uh, I it, I like the way the Fair Lady Z looks as a car. I don't have a lot of opinions on on the way cars look, but I think it looks like a very nice car. Um. So uh, yeah, I've, I'm I'm really happy with these. It, it was a bit silly to buy the same toy six times at the same convention, um, but it's also neat because I can definitely yeah, you, see what you people... just wanted flashbacks to Botcon. Admit it. Yeah, I was just creating my own Botcon exclusive set. Uh, I, I will say there's a lot of uh, like tooling between these guys. Like there are, I think, at least three different pelvises, uh, and all six of these like mix and match the various pelvises, uh, chests, heads, and weapons. Um, to make them all a little bit different, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 two metallic ones, uh, Silver Streak and Blue Streak, are just Chef Kiss. Like oh, like they look good. 
-hmm. And the barricade looks way better than I thought he was going to look. Yeah, I I saw somebody floating around with that in hand, and then, like, I think that they were all gone, because I probably would have picked up the barricade as well. Yeah, I I had to go to the the display. There was, like, maybe one barricade left in the whole room at the end of Saturday, and it was gone by the time Sunday came around. Um, I, I would actually almost say the three cartoon ones are probably the weakest, in my opinion. Uh, okay. I think they're a little bit cheaper, though, so it balances out a bit. But, like, Prowl, people are right. That New Age Prowl has the worst joint tolerances of all six. Uh, he's just noticeably uh, looser. Not, like, ragdoll loose. It's just there is an inherent tightness on the rest of them that isn't there on Prowl. Okay. Uh, and the metallic and or gloss finishes on Barricade, Silver Silver Streak, and uh, Blue Streak, like, Blue Blue Streak, they're, they're just so nice. Like, the cartoon trio look good together but the other three uh like pack a way harder punch as solo purchases uh the blue blue streak i think is actually still my favorite one i'm glad i picked up the rest but i definitely started on top uh it's just magnificent um and uh, yeah like you know shockwave jazz mold is good it's actually i think sloppier than the fair ladies when it comes to transforming the torso because you, you know how the torso, you kind of have to do three things kind of at the same time? Yeah, there's a little bit of part kind of has to exist at the same time and place as another part. Yeah, there's a very specific order of operations. And sometimes I'm kind of glad when I'm messing with the fair ladies that like I don't have to worry about that. Okay. Uh, the, the fair ladies, the only thing that really gets tricky on them is you have to do a 180 spin on the, the elbow ball socket joint, which, which can be annoying to do on a tiny ball socket joint. Um... And also the smokescreen head that's on smokescreen and barricade. Uh, it does not have the best clearance underneath the car. Don't roll barricade or smokescreen too hard. Hmm. Their heads will be scraping along the floor. <laughs> uh, and also the Fair Lady Zeds. I mean, Jazz maybe doesn't have this, but Jazz only really has a gun for the most part. The, the Datsuns all have a lot of accessories and nowhere to store them in the car mode. And I kind of wish there was at least like a hole somewhere. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if I could just stick the guns on top of the car mode, but that sort of was a bummer. Um, so that, that's the bulk of what I got. I, I mean, Studio Series Sideswipe, I completely understand why someone wouldn't like this toy. It it parts forms shamelessly in a way that would be very off-putting to a lot of folks, I think. I still dig him. I think it's a bummer you have to pull off the entire sides of the car mode because the sword's actually just parts form. Mm-hmm. Uh and Barricade is uh, is impressive. Uh, he's a little more finicky than I thought he was going to be. He ends up working, but he's he you you kind of need to tweak him a lot to get his car mode to come together just right. But uh, he is a very good Barricade. He's definitely doing the Studio Series thing of like having a lot of the qualities of a of a good movie masterpiece without a lot of the the baggage. Okay. Um, like he's he's he doesn't. I mean, movie masterpiece Barricade. I think is still my favorite of that whole series. Uh, as far as being a clean movie masterpiece toy, but the Studio Series Barricade is definitely solid. Um, and I think that does it for the bulk of my, what I got at that show. Well, bulk of my, sorry, my my haul. Um, Aaron, what else did you pick up at the show? I really didn't pick up a bunch of stuff. It was some muling of things, and like nothing really like, jumped out at me, because at the show I was thinking about, hey, if I can find a galaxy force upgrade way too many names prime maybe i'll pick that up as a thing um the one i saw in there was like i think they wanted like 110 or 120 and i laughed Uh, as i walked away uh, from that 
Huh. Um, that's that's more expensive. That's actually Jetfire's MSRP in Canada. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why I I laughed at that and walked away from it. That that was um, a very bold move on their part, and I applaud them for yeah. the temerity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, may, maybe it had to come from America, and they're having to recoup costs in there somehow or something. Maybe, maybe don't bring maybe, a maybe, mainline yeah. toy that's brand new if you can't sell it for something that doesn't cause this sort of discussion. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I picked up another one of the causality KO guys, uh, just because I've managed to get each of those. I think um, I'm one or two behind now, but I'm, I feel like I don't have to rush. Yeah. Cause they had the prior ones, the prior shows one there as well. Yeah. In, it's in a small quantity. So nothing against it. It's just, it, it's like when I'm trying to not overspend a ton. And then when I'm faced with picking up a big, really cool one of a kind custom, it's like, that's the first thing I'm going to cut. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had come in hoping to like jump at something in the, the auction. Cause generally there's one or two things in there and it seemed like everything I was kind of keeping my paddle up on went a lot higher, a lot quicker than I was maybe hoping for and was was happy that it went to a a home and raised money for a good cause but no I ended up coming back with about a quarter of the cash that I'd gone up with and that's after like transitioning I think I paid for even a couple of uh, convention dinners that normally go on a card I just paid for cash out of pocket instead yeah, I mean, like, let's 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 uh, let's give a proper shout out. Like, people were ridiculously generous in their bidding at the oh, charity yeah. auction. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And like, you you know, it's easy to for it to happen. We're not doing it. Let me just say that. But like, I can understand how you can come away from the charity auction. Like, oh man, I couldn't get anything. But like, bear in mind, like, when things got got to a ridiculous price, that was all going to Make a Wish. So yeah, you know, congrats everyone. <laughs> Like yeah, our, no. our, our our silly little thing, you helped me top up with those missing wave two uncommons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TCG kind of starter set, like that went for eighty bucks. Yeah, that that's like thirty dollars of cards. But it was all there. I, I'm yeah. sort of guesstimating, but okay, more maybe more like fifty dollars of cards. I've seen uncommon sell for like a buck a piece. But yeah, you know, few, but it's but it's also like, hey, if somebody wants to get into it, it's a convenience of hey, it's all right here and done and you know like like we were trying to say to a couple other people you know of how do you get started it's like well like you can go out and buy a bunch of boxes and be dumb or go out buy the starter buy like a box maybe of a thing and then use that to figure out what you want to play and go for singles from there which yeah. i think is the smartest move right now like at Con um, Bravo to the, the the couple of people I demoed to, like uh, one of them especially, like I just gave entire playsets of common battle cards. I was able to make a few more of those, mm-hmm. and I just handed like here's here's a couple playsets. Here's like all the commons from Wave One and Wave Three, and here is a giant stack of characters from all three waves. They're you know all common and uncommon, but since you're you know, you're interested in the game and you and you just want to give it a go, like here start with this to just play around. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's, it's, be- it's better than put it in the recycling, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and that's, like, not to yet again champion for this game that there are probably a whole lot of people rolling their eyes about how much we talk about it. Uh, it's, it's you know, a thing that's nice in that, sure, the rare cards have a higher power level that help you win things, but you could still put together something something workable with only commons and uncommons and 
I, I'm not sure if it's entirely uh, the the way of people in a TCG or if it was uh, a way of like with Transformers. But anytime I poked my head in on either the TCG room or the couple other times that people were playing, it was frequently like, oh, are there any commons or uncommons that you need from this first couple of waves? Because I still have triplicate sets of some of this stuff and helping people out yeah uh, get what they need like like yeah it's it's um i think it's a really straightforward way to get people into a game and you know what this i mean we're talking about a lot this happens when you let the wtf at tfw's wtf at tcg people run a podcast by themselves like it's it's mm-hmm. that's gonna happen like if you want to check out our main podcast of course you can look that one up uh but it, it also it happens to be a good game uh and it, and it's 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 fun to to give people like like those those expensive rares that people do chase after that are getting like 10 or 20 bucks per from wave 1 mm-hmm. they're that expensive entirely because of their pips that is why they're that expensive yeah uh all it, like like if you just want to use those cards y'all y'all can very easily proxy them and unless you're in a tournament for prizes it doesn't matter if you proxy them Mm-hmm. Like, like, go right, like, just get, like, take another bunch of copies of commons with the same pips and just, like, put a piece of paper in front of the rest of it and write what it is, because you're probably just using it for the pips anyway. That's that's the only reason a lot of those rares have any any monetary value behind them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, not to proselytize about how much I love the game even more. I think that's the right verb. I always forget. Um the only other thing I have really to say is just recently I was you know, this is a bit 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 off topic on topic. You know, remember I said I picked up Siege Prowl because I saw a deluxe at Walmart and it wasn't even on sale, but I was like I would just like to have a new deluxe. Mm-hmm. Went by the Walmart again. Um, still no Ironhide. So shouts out to Alpha Magnus once again. He gave he gave us both a set of three D printed uh, upgraded tires for mm-hmm. and wheels we for still Siege need to Ironhide. Put mine on. I do too, but I first need to go and find an Ironhide because I still have never seen one for sale. Uh, I went by Walmart, a refresh on Wave 2 Deluxes. No Ironhides, four Chromias, one Prowl, one Six Gun. It happened again. I was like, I would just like to have a new Deluxe, please. So I bought Six Gun at retail. I like Six Gun. Yeah. He's pretty good. I yeah. I didn't realize the vaunted W five gyro blaster was the two little diddly red guns attached to his backpack. Yeah, <laughs> that well, made those me are laugh. also the same gun for uh, uh, smokes or um, sunstreaker, isn't he? Uh, you mean sideswipe or sideswipe? I don't have him handy. Hold on, I've got them both. Right, yeah, yeah, that's the same. Okay. I just Same thought it was ones. really funny. In a, in a I, slightly I, different red. I thought that the, the, the W5 was going to be like a giant, like the giant arm guns or something. Mm-mm. But I was like, it's not It's not even a full gun. It's the two little diddly things you pull off to reveal the fingers. Yep. Um, also, guess what? Everyone was right. Six gun is better than cog. Yeah. And uh, having messed with Aaron's, I think Brunt is a little better than six gun. What? Just a little. Just a touch. Yeah, I'm starting some, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say six gun is bad. It's to say we're iterating very happily with these three weaponizers, uh, and so I'm I'm very excited to now see their upcoming power dasher uh, buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, two, the other two of which ki- I guess just showed up in a cabinet. That's how I understand that story to have happened. Yeah, I still I still have no idea. 
but all of a sudden seeing new images and it's like, ah, oh, hey man. Hmm? Also, SGCC's over. And then Best Buy just puts up, oh, by the way, you know, you remember Power Ranger Legacy Collection, Bandai of America's final huzzah? Remember mm-hmm. the big final huzzah was they were doing the the male Psycho Rangers before canceling the female ones? Guess what? Here, Lightning Collection Psycho Ranger Red in a two-pack with, with, with uh, Mega Red or uh, In Space Red. Also, it's out in like a week. I'm like, hmm. you just stop. It's like it's like Hasbro is just continually just every, pausing every every weekday, every weekday at the start of the week on Monday, right on the dot. They walk by Bandai of America's old old desk in the Power Rangers office. And go, oh, excuse me for a second. Just take their pants off and dump on the on the desk. Just a big poop right on the desk. Then go about their business. Like all just tearing the the medals and one of the sleeves off of Bandai of America's uniform. Hmm. Like they have they have one sleeve left that says Lord Dracon. And then people are now telling me like, oh, they're rumored to be having a Lord Dracon in Wave Three. I'm like, I'm like, I don't mind it because they weren't super great at what they were doing. But like, y'all, it's actually cruel what you're doing to Bandai of America's legacy here. It didn't even, not even a year has passed. <laughs> Just tearing their uniform up, metal by metal, sleeve by sleeve, epaulette by epaulette. Uh. So all in all, um, oh, we should, we should talk, you know what, now that we, we're already here, and people who got sick of it will have moved on by now, did you take on any new or interesting knowledge from our little TCG session in the lobby uh, after Sunday, on Sunday night? Um, new knowledge, no, I don't, man, that's a rough thing, um, I got better feels of some things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I better internalized some things a bit, like things that you know, but you don't get until you've got the chance to, you know, put, I guess, like card to table. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, getting the opportunity to play more uh, definitely helped. Um, the couple of times I've gotten the three or four people locally. To, to, to come out and like last Thursday I got the chance to play a little bit more and at that point in time thought hey maybe I'll play Metroplex at Gen Con because it worked astonishingly well against the Nemesis Prime Flame War and um, Aimless? Aimless combo because mm-hmm. uh, that let it was it was easy enough for me to pick the tempo and okay that's cool but you're all tapped and taking a point of damage, and then I'm I'm getting to smack you with a bunch of little guys, and then doing that again, never never letting that like fully go off. Yeah. Um, but then now there's another deck that's one that I I kind of halfway had from wave one that might be what I end up playing, but I really would like to to get the chance to go up against somebody with it to to get an idea of me playing against air or a goldfish. So I've, uh, I've started to, I took steps. I, um, you know how, you know how, when you buy a lot of TCG, I'm just going to say a card name, you know, armored plating, mm-hmm. you know, the 800 copies you have of armored plating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started using those as proxies and I printed off card images, to just put in front of them in the sleeves. Okay. Uh, I proxied up all the rares and most of the uncommons for the, uh, bugs deck that plays top four at origins. Yeah, and I'm now making. I'm just making trainer decks of top four decks. I think I made the bugs deck first. I think that's the main one I wanted to make, just because I'm never going to make that myself. 
Right. Um, but I'm probably going to... Now, I'm going to wait now. I'm going to see what place, what, like what the top four placing decks are at Gen Con. Yes. Uh, and I'm probably going to proxy those up right after the fact because I, me and Ryan realized in Toronto for whatever reason, almost everyone makes uh, Decepticon decks, barring a, a couple of other players. Okay. Decepticon decks often end up being kind of blue, yeah. so we're often headbutting power powerhouse defense blue decks against each other. That's not really teaching us anything about playing against aggro, right? So uh, and 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 I mean you're going to have to think about this too. Everyone's in love with Lionizer right now. Mm-hmm. You know that that heart rate thing you had with Kickback. Yeah, you're going to be having that nearly every match. Yeah, no. Cause... So that was one of, one of the matches that I played at my store. Uh, I guess since we're transitioning to a WTF TCG episode, was a cars deck with Lionizer. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, Cliff Jumper, Wave One Wheeljack, Lionizer. And he started one of the rounds with a piece through tyranny in his hand. And mm. that doesn't matter what you're playing. Because uh, he kills Lionizer, puts it on, Wheeljack, uh, then gets a turn and attacks with his cliff jumper base five attack a whole bunch of orange hey one of his pips was a weapon that's now in the discard pile wheeljack is now bold uh seven yeah and it's like Um, oh okay um well it was nice getting to get my face beat in uh i'm not i'm not saying this is how you beat it i'm just saying this is how i'm coping Get get whatever you do for your sideboard. Save four slots for two copies of the Gyroblaster, two copies of Dampening Field. Yeah. Well, when you... when when that gross thing didn't happen right off the bat, that God draw didn't happen to begin with. Then Metroplex did all right and yeah, like was able to. I think I ulted three times in there before the end. Still though, pack um, pack those in your sideboard. Yeah. And so if you end up running Decepticons. Like, if you run Decepticons, I would say pack three Infiltrates, because press the advantage is disgusting. Uh, mm-hmm. I was running Omnibots recently, so again, running Autobots, and of course I put three press the advantages in. Uh, I feel like a villain when I say, <laughs> oh, I'll trade for press the advantage after flips. Because it just breaks the back of almost every Decepticon deck that doesn't have a plan to deal with it. Like, it's 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 a ridiculous card. I can't... <laughs> We've been playing so much Decepticon here in, in Toronto, like we'd all kind of missed the, the beat, I think, for a month or two. But now it's like we're all poking at press the advantage here and there, and, and it's it's disgusting. It's a disgusting card. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from there because um, this is this is not fully a WTF TCG. We just happen to be the host of that other podcast as well. Yeah. Um, any other TFCon thoughts you want to drop? I had a great time hanging out with folks, and I feel like I socialized a lot more than last year. Uh, I, I pointedly wanted to spend more time in the bar because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was getting I was getting tired of always feeling like oh the bar that's the thing I used to do, and then always seeing lots of people in there. I was like, I still know most of those people. Why don't I just go sit in there for a bit? Yeah, and it was fun. Um. But I don't know, Aaron. Did you, did you feel like you you uh, you got in your social times? You feel like it was a good uh, a good positive healing trip for the brain? I I did. I uh, left a lot of homework worries at home. Um, 
and and had a, a good time with many friends. Uh, met a few more new friends this weekend, um, which is always what I like out of out of TF cons. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, still not sure if TFCon DC or some other convention is going to be able to happen late in the fall, early in winter. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a uh, that's a road to I guess cross la later. When, uh, I, when I have a better idea of vacation time and money and existence, I'm still looking for flights. But I got my hotel bookage for PAX Unplugged. I'm very locked in on that thing. Uh, I want to go to one of these big ass card tournaments. Yeah, uh, that's the one I'm thinking about going to. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk when we're not recording to see things, yeah. maybe. Uh, well, actually, actually, there is a thing that so the hotels for the hotels for Pax Unplugged are real sinister. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll just lay it out. I got a booking for a room with one bed because it was way cheaper than doing a booking for a room with multiple beds, and I think they know that. Okay. Uh the, the the room with multiple beds was noticeably more expensive. And I'm like, that's because you think that we're going to see this because that's the one people split. Yeah. You bastards. <laughs> so I, I actually I did the booking with the one the the one bed bed the one bed room because it yeah. was it will save me over 100 bucks doing that. Um, okay. However, I also want to be in the one that is as close as connected as possible to the to yeah. the venue. There are like six hotels and two of them are a five minute walk away. Mm -hmm. Um, I spent a long time digging through all this stuff. <laughs> I, I, you didn't, you, you didn't get to be there for me realizing why they were upcharging on the double queen rooms <laughs> and having a real like 3am moment of like finger wagging, big grin on my face, but very angry aggro. Yeah. Oh, you got, Oh, <laughs> That's uh, the one thing I wish Gen Con did not do maybe blocks or do business quite as well as they do because trying to get uh, a room for Gen Con is uh, a bear, I think is the most polite way to say it. I just heard how much a room at the Hilton in Toronto costs during Fan Expo today. Mm hmm. 400 a night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate it when the hotels know what's going on. Yeah, I was telling someone like I don't mind Fan Expo when I can walk home. I couldn't imagine doing a whole flight in the in a hotel for it. And someone was saying like, yeah, and the hotels like at the that they hold is like four hundred a night. I'm like, they're too self aware of what's yeah. going on. Because <laughs> also, because also, there are one billion Airbnbs in Toronto. Last I checked. So I don't I don't necessarily know you're like making guaranteed bank cranking that rate up to four hundred a night when fan mm -hmm. expos in town. But that's just me. That's another convention. That's one we're probably not gonna podcast about Well, we might, I don't know. I'll see who shows up for it. I heard there's a tabletop room there while I was at Con Bravo, someone told me, and I'm like I'd I'd set up in the tabletop room if we want to start teaching people cards. Uh little Con Bravo report. Did I mention the part where I was teaching people? I already did, right? Yeah. I was there till ten. Yeah. Uh this this is still provably with that second starter set a very fun game to teach. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm gonna probably set up at least one day at Fan Expo in the, if they have a tabletop room, that is, um, and throw some cards down. 
But, uh, Aaron, I think that brings us to the end of this little thing that we're going to yeah. do here. Um, of course, our experience with TFCon is very skewed towards what we were doing. Uh, the the Q&A panels, by all accounts, were pretty damn solid. Uh, all the other panels, uh, Aaron Archer's panel, about the industry. I heard that the guy who worked on VFX in the Transformers movie had a friggin' kick-ass panel, and I hope to God someone recorded it. Yeah, I, I also heard that. I had people like, oh, you missed the, like, the best panel that we've had in a while. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's a bit hyperbolic, don't you think? And they're like, no, and then explained it. I'm like, oh, crap, that might have been, oh, hmm. We gotta shake down that Evan Eventainment for a recording of that panel. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, like, all the fan-run panels, I mean, I was on, I, was, I ran one and was on another one. I heard that the rest of them all went really well. Um, Third-party panel even apparently went pretty damn well. Like, the, it just swang. I think it was finished in, like, half an hour. Okay. Uh, like, I, I, I'm into it. Um, so, of course, like, like, please, if you're going to TFCon Toronto next year, Submit some panels. Like now, we're getting to the point where I think like panel submissions aren't necessarily an, like a given anymore. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you're submitting a panel, like like make sure you're submitting it with with a layout or at least like something that makes it obvious that you are planning to run the panel yourself and you won't need a whole bunch of assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's definitely going to help. But uh, I would love to see even more um, fan run panels. I'd love to see the programming extend into the evening, both days of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, entirely on the back of fan run panels that would that would make me very pleased but uh yeah thank you for checking out some t- some sort of belated post tfcon debrief i wanted to do this with aaron on sunday and we were tired and then then friggin unicron news dropped on monday because we don't get to be left alone yeah because <laughs> why wouldn't it <laughs> i i maintain i'm still so happy that that was the day and not sunday oh and, yeah how and uh, podcast roundtable, fresh Unicron news, also truncated amount of time. It would have just been stressful. Would have mm. been, would have been popping sweat bullets stressful. But we're instead, it was fun. Big shouts out to Barricade sixty four, Josh for being a kick ass uh, guest podcaster. Uh, he got the certificate, um, mm-hmm. the charity auction, um, and uh, big big shouts out to all of you for being kick ass listeners because you are. So uh, we'll talk to you later on, and uh, stay safe out there. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.